Welcome, everyone, to Queerly Recommended. I'm Chris Bryant, and with me, as always, is Tara Scott. Hey, everyone. We are so glad that you're joining us for Episode 7. So, Chris, you are feeling a little bit under the weather today. You want to talk about why? Okay, so yes, last night I did an episode of Drunk Lesbic with Rachel Spangler about our recent books. And we drank uh, screwball peanut butter whiskey. We did shots. I think I did six total. (laughs) And here's the bad thing. The bad thing is that I just started keto. So I have like no carbs in my system at all. And Mm -hmm. then to drink that much, I was... Um, it was a rough night. It was a rough night. <laughs> it sounds like it was a rougher morning as well. Well, it was a rougher morning, you know, and uh, and thank you for being the moderator last night and kind of keeping us in line. Yes. Oh, my God. So Chris told me about this. It was either two weeks ago or like a month ago. And she was like, Ray and I are going to do this. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds hilarious. But also do you want a sober person <laughs> to moderate this for you? And then it just turned out that it was like hurting drunk cats. With- <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so Chris is too humble to plug her own Patreon, but I'm not. <laughs> I would say if this is something that you think would be fun, and I definitely had fun watching and moderating, please sign up and support either Chris's Patreon or Rachel Spangler's. Either one will get you there. But the reason why I especially want to plug Chris's is that she takes all the proceeds from her Patreon. And with it, you get exclusive content, interviews like this one, newsletters, all that kind of stuff. I took a peek at it last night. And then all the money goes to buying food for animal shelters, which I think is the sweetest thing ever. Who doesn't want to support an animal shelter? Right. And this is for like the wet food, specifically wet food, because I think a lot of agencies donate food to shelters like kibble but a lot of the older animals a lot of the older cats and dogs can't really use the kibble they can't chew on that so i have made it my mission to pick wet food up and drop it off to area shelters and what we're going to do on the patreon page is we're going to every month focus it on a different patron's animal shelter in their area and then we'll just check out the want list that they have and then use Amazon and send directly to their shelter in their name. Yeah. So get on that. <laughs> on a somewhat similar but totally different note, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> something else that we did quietly was set up a Kofi account and we added the link to our show notes and to our Facebook page and to our link tree. We didn't announce it. We just put it up just to see what would happen. And for anyone who doesn't know what it is, Kofi is like a digital tip jar. And the analogy is that it's like you're buying us a coffee. And so it's kind of one of those, if you want to just send money to a creator one time, it's a great way to do it. And we actually had some people who sent some money. So we really want to say thank you to the people that noticed that link and sent it in. Yeah, and you're awesome, and we're so grateful because it's going to help pay for things like website hosting and our podcast indicator. And when P. Chris and Mamas, also known as Phoenix, bought us a coffee, they included the message, thanks for all the awesome recommendations. So we're so glad you're enjoying the recommendations and keep enjoying them. So Chris, you remember how in the last episode you got super excited when we started talking about lesbian superhero novels? Yes, yes. Well, guess what? Alex sent in a recommendation through our Instagram DMs and said, I'm listening to episode six and wanted to recommend a superhero type book you might want to enjoy. It's called Drum Up the Dawn, Galaxy Girl Book One, and it's by Kate Christie. Nice. And I've read Kate Christie before. I read the soccer. She has a soccer series. So I've read some of those. Nice. Okay. I'll I'll look that up. Yeah. Thank Um, you. And actually, speaking of listener questions, I keep saying speaking of, but here we are. I said it. <laughs> we <laughs> are speaking say. of. <laughs> we are. Uh, we actually got a couple more listener questions. <laughs> Carrie sent in a question. She sent, uh, sent an email in specifically for you. Mm-hmm. Which of wow. your characters that you've written would you most want to date, marry, or sleep with? 
and why? Ooh. So let's start um, with date. Who would you most want to date? It's funny because I didn't really like think about this question until right now. Well, because um, when I asked you first, you were drunk at the time. <laughs> I, was, oh, I got this. No problem. So now that we're like here and we're talking about it, I would say to date, I would have to say maybe Tristan from Whirlwind Romance. Mm-hmm. I think because she's more like me, which sounds mm-hmm. awful that I'm dating myself, but I think uh, <laughs> you kind of find, you kind of find attraction in people that kind of share similar things. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like she's just a genuine down to earth person. And uh, she was also one of the first characters I, I wrote. Mm-hmm. So she's somebody I would definitely date as far as, ma- oh, Mary. Ooh, I would probably say, Karen from Taste. I would, I would say the same thing. If I, had, if I had to choose from your books, that's who I would definitely marry. Yes, because she's sophisticated. She's a chef. She has mm-hmm. a fantastic accent. She's beautiful. She has a child. Mm-hmm. Everything is just, it's, it's, she just has such a great heart. And I really love that character. Yes. So she would be the one I would marry. I would marry her. Okay. And, and then you? to sleep with, oh, for sure, Emery Pearson from, that I wrote under Brett Ryder. Yeah. And uh, Shameless. <laughs> and probably because I'm coming off of finishing up the full length erotica novella with Emery mm-hmm. in it. And it's called Not Guilty and that's coming out in June. And so probably because, you know, she's been in my mind that I'm picking her to sleep with. Mm hmm. See, I feel like I've I've just decided I'm going to answer the question too with your character. <laughs> oh yay! Okay, yay! Uh, except here's the part that's embarrassing. I can't remember names of characters from okay. books ever. Um, so this isn't just about your book. It's me. So <laughs> I would for the date and the sleep with. I would actually split it between the couple in Temptation. I oh, would work in Cassie. Yeah, I would date the mom and I would sleep with the nanny. <laughs> He's not my nanny. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Brooke is, she, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she is somebody I would marry. I'm saying, Brooke if, would if Taryn, if Taryn didn't exist, I would marry her, but she does, so I would, I would date Brooke. Brooke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Cassie, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So this question is for both of us from Multistan on, I think it's Multistan. Is that how you would say it? Yeah, Multistan on Twitter. How you two came across FF women loving women's stories. So I can take this one first. Yes. I actually, I had no idea that FF romance was a thing. I knew, I knew that, um, I knew that lesbian fiction existed, but I knew it in more of a literary context Mm -hmm. because when I was in university, I stumbled across Jane Rule in a used bookstore when I was in graduate school in Kingston, Ontario. And they had that city. I don't know if they still do because it's been, I'm not telling you how long, too long. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's been about 20 years, but they had the best used bookstores. And I say multiple, like for, it's not that big a place and they had wow. more than one and they were awesome. And I bought way too many books that I no longer own. So that was, and I didn't read all of them. Why am I going so off track? Anyway, um, so I came across Jane Rule and was like, oh my God, and tried to read as many of her books as I could, which should have been a clue, but was not. <laughs> and then when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, so... Oh, Jesus. It was about 10 years ago then. So about 10 (laughs) years ago, I was at work. I was very much disengaged at the time because it was a toxic place to work. And I also was pregnant and felt like garbage all the time. And so I was like (laughs) scrolling through Jezebel because that was one of my favorite sites. And they reprinted a top 10 list from Autostraddle. And Mm. it was the top 10 lesbian romances on my Kindle right now. And I was like, holy shit, this is a thing? These are a thing? And I turned (laughs) to my coworker sitting next to me, who is actually, I've talked about her on here before, Amanda. She's one of my very best friends in the whole world. Like, we've we've stayed in touch since both of us leaving that job. Um, But I was like, did you know that, like, (laughs) 
there's lesbian <laughs> romances and it was just weird like i mean yeah lesbians could be in love but it was like the books the books <laughs> and uh, and so there were books on there like above all honor which i definitely mm-hmm. read faded love which i read right away but the first one that i picked up was and playing the role of herself by kate elaine and it was just incredible like mm-hmm. i burrowed into the bsb backlist as a result of that because there are quite a few for people that don't know um books from bold strokes books chris's publisher and it was just like revelatory and i think it was because at the time i was reading a lot of romance and it's funny i stopped reading romance i read romance in high school mm-hmm. and even before that like i was swiping them from my mom's um bookcase <laughs> When I was probably 12. And I stopped reading them when I went to university because I was an English major and I turned into like a gigantic literary snob who was like, I can't Mm -hmm. read romances. And it's like, I was such an asshole about it. (laughs) Like, I wish I wasn't because romances are written by and for brilliant women. Like, come on. But I picked them back up again because like I said, my workplace was so toxic and I just Mm -hmm. needed something. Uh, Like life at home was awesome. You know, Neil was amazing. All of that was fine. But like work was just such a drain that I needed something to kind of fill me up again. And romance was doing that. But it was also at a period when alpha males were the thing. And I was so fucking tired of these guys mm-hmm. that are like, you definitely want sex. And I'm going to tell you how you want it. And I'm like, what if you went and ate your own dick? Like, that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> not into that. So... Getting to see these romances between two women, that that power dynamic just dropped away. It was mm-hmm. equals coming together constantly. And it was actually through Lesfic that, you know, I came to understand my own queerness because at some point Neil was like, hey, um, <laughs> no judging, but like you're reading a lot of romances where it's just women in them. Do you think maybe you might be bisexual because that's okay and you're not going to go to hell like I still love you I'm not threatened by this but maybe it's something to consider and I was still involved in the church at that time and very much like evangelical churches and it was just something that I couldn't even pause to consider and I needed somebody to give me the permission to do that and he very much gave me the permission and that led to you know some months that were frankly terrifying having been so church like always churched like we were catholic until i was 10 and then my parents took us into the baptist church where it was not okay to be queer of any kind and you know now i can reflect back and there was a lot a lot of that like a part of why that was scary was like reflecting back and seeing how much of myself i'd suppressed It, it was always there it was always there I just never had the permission to look at it and acknowledge it and embrace it. And so it wasn't until I was in my early 30s and lesbic was the thing like FF or WLW romances, however you want to put it. Right. Was what gave Neil the information he needed to give me the permission that I needed and that's right yeah yeah that's my story how about you how did you come across um so for me it's kind of the same thing it was about it was 2011 my parents got me a kindle and like kansas city is not and i've mentioned this a thousand times we are like 20 years behind everybody else Mm -hmm. and like finding gayness queerness in kansas city is not easy Especially, you know, back 10 years ago, even it wasn't easy. So uh, I got a Kindle, even though I fought it because I was like, I'm an English major and I need books and books are beautiful. And blah, blah, blah. I don't right? Wanna, like, We're such assholes. Oh, we are. <laughs> so I finally got a Kindle. And then I don't know how I got onto, like, how I found it, but I found lesbian romance. And I've always wanted, to, I mean, I've read romances from the get go. Ever since I could mm-hmm. pick up a book, uh, I have been reading romances. So like all through high school, all through college, and it was all, you know, straight. 
and I didn't even think to look for lesbic or lesbian romance at all because it it I, I didn't think it existed mm-hmm. and somehow I stumbled upon it on my Kindle and and I was like wow this is amazing so I read I read a ton of books in the course of a year and I finally told myself you know what this is this is what I wanted to do my whole life was to write romance mm-hmm. and so I just went ahead and and wrote it and started writing and they accepted it and so here we that's are what I'm doing I'm writing lesbian romance do you remember what any of those very early ones were I do and I actually looked at my Kindle because somebody else had asked me this question um and um now I hate you because now I can't <laughs> think of what <laughs> but I know I know my second my very first my second read was Radcliffe. So I totally yeah. looked out because I got Radcliffe's second. The first one was pretty good too. And mm-hmm. then I read some Sid Parker and then I got into the, uh, Melissa Good series, the, the, the Darren Carey series. Oh yeah. Based on Xena. <laughs> there were, sort of, there sort were of. a lot of lesbian novels that came out <laughs> yes. in the nineties and early two thousands with a very <laughs> tall, dark haired woman <laughs> and a very short, petite, <laughs> all over blonde woman that like would... it took me 10 books to realize that that's it was kind of based on xena like you no know, because i didn't watch xena i'm not a xenite whatever they're called i'm not that person no and um, so i didn't know that so i started reading those books early on and then i just said you know what i'm gonna do this if if, if they can do it i can do it mm-hmm. so multi stand uh, i hope yeah. that was interesting for you <laughs> That's now, side note, for, but... <laughs> right. side note, when I first saw the text, I had literally just kind of rolled out of my, my drunk, <laughs> lesbic hangover thing. And what's the first thing you do in the morning is you look at your phone. At least I do. I was like, oh, oh, I can't see anything, but I better read my phone. So I saw the tweet and I, I took it another way. I thought by asking that question, like, why don't we say more? women loving women recommendations i took it like that and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna recommend several things today about you know lesbians and stuff like that so that's how i took it so my apologies i took the question wrong but at the same time i literally just woke up and i shouldn't be on social media after (laughs) such an event (laughs) we live and we learn chris yes that is true speaking of which what have you been watching or reading recently I actually just started Dickinson on Apple TV Plus. Is good? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna love it. I am a hundred percent gonna love it. Like most lesbians, like we all love Emily Dickinson. Uh-huh. Uh, this is obviously about Emily Dickinson's life, and it starts uh, it, like I don't know. I'm only on episode one. I finished it. It was great. Emily Dickinson is somebody I used as a character in my first book, my debut book, Jolt. Uh, because my character kind of, whenever she gets in situations, she slips into this conversation with different poets. Sounds weird. And it was weird, but it was also <laughs> different. So, um, but anyway, so I've always loved Emily Dickinson poetry. I've always have. So when I, when I saw this, um, I was like, I'm in. And it has Haley Steinfeld from Pitch Perfect. Uh, I don't know if you know who that person is. Oh yeah. I mean, okay, I super. first saw her in True Grit. Which I think she was nominated for an Oscar for, wasn't she? And she was like thirteen. I don't at the know. Time or something. But she was. I remember her being thirteen, and I remember the movie because it has Jeff Bridges in it too, right? I think it's Jeff yeah. Bridges who's the the person she hires. But she yeah. was great in Pitch Perfect as well. It was, I had yeah. no idea that she was also a singer. Yeah, as a fantastic job in in both movies for sure. Um, but she's in this, and I love her in this, and she kind of gives. Dickinson this grit that I never thought mm. that she had. I mean, kind of like when I was growing up, Emily Dickinson was like straight laced, very quiet, lived at home, was a recluse, never married, you know, all these things that you're yeah. taught, you know, when you're younger. And then the older you get, you know, the more knowledge you get. And so they mm-hmm. took this. And I love this because Wiz Khalifa is death. And Emily has a lot of death poetry. And he shows up all the time. And he's like, hey, let's hang out. And she's like, okay. Oh. And it's so, it's so interesting. I love it. And they sit and talk and she's like, are you here for me? And he's like, no, I'm not here for you for a long time. So she like puts her head on his shoulder and like they're in a carriage, you know, because, because I could not stop for death 
he kindly stopped for me. Mm-hmm. So it it, it kind of has apparently like was Khalifa throughout this whole entire series. So I'm very excited to get to the next one, the next episode. That sounds really, really good. I'm very excited. I'm sure that once I'm done with it, I will. It will be a recommendation for me. From me, I can't wait to hear more about it. Was there anything else? Well, you know, I watched a movie last night because I saw this recommendation on Facebook, and it's a book or it's a movie called "More Beautiful for Having Been Broken," and it's a very long title. But I, I really didn't read the synopsis much. Mm-hmm. I saw FBI agent gets fired, goes to small town, and you know, so I'm like, I'm in small town, I'm in anything gay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but also they had, I saw that one of the credits is uh, Harley Jane Kozak, and goes back to my soap opera crushes back when I was a child, the Annabelle on Guiding Light. That's who it is. I don't know if oh. you watches Guiding Light, but. I was like, oh my gosh, that name, like it just came into, you know, I haven't heard it in 35 years. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'm in for that. That alone gets me in. Yeah. And so she's actually narrating the story. You know, there's like a story going on as, as, you know, uh, simple, small town. Yeah. Heavy duty, nice, you know, FBI agent, like big city goes to small town and uh, the love interest has a special needs child. So uh, it's it's a movie that, you know, kind of it has a happy ending. It's kind of a different way to approach love and sex in this movie. And then plus, uh, it's a whole different level of how this special needs child, how the whole town's kind of helping raise him and his journey and what he sees. So I watched that last night. Is it as depressing as the title makes it seem like it might be? Um, you know, it's not, it, it, well, I mean, it depends. <laughs> it depends on how right? you want to see it. It's one of those where like, you know, nothing has, well, I, I can't, I don't even want to say anything Okay. because I don't want to say anything because it's happy ish. It's happy ish. I'm going to go with happy ish. So if you have time to kill, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that it's like a solid recommendation from me, but if those are things that, that you are interested in for sure, then, then it's only two hours out of your life. <laughs> All right, I mean, I'll, keep, I'll I, keep that in mind. I can't say, yeah, I can't say anything yeah, yeah. else without giving it away. So enough about that. Tara, what about you? What have you been reading or watching? Okay, so I'm trying to think if I've actually been watching anything. Well, I mean, watching, oh, geez. We are recording this two days after the last episode of WandaVision dropped, which <laughs> is not queer at all, but it is the thing that I walked, wa- walked, walked, watched. <laughs> Jesus. Watch. Uh with uh we watched with Neil and Amanda the other day and oh I very much like that. And I can't get into it. See, I can't I get into it. I wasn't sure about it at first. The first few episodes I was like, um Right. That's where I'm at. With this skipping through time. And then I think it was around the fourth episode when we get to see the people that are not there in that town and I was like oh and then that was kind of where I was personally hooked okay yeah most people because I said something I tweeted it like I can't get into WandaVision it's an Mm. unpopular opinion you know change my mind and so most people were saying by episode four then that's when it really gets you know yeah I honestly I think it's brilliant I think it's some of the best writing in the MCU it's much 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 better than a lot of the movies for people that don't know what that mm. stands for it's the marvel cinematic universe so like all all the mo- like i don't care for half of the iron man movies half I of the I do. Thor movies I although actually I love those. which one's your what what is your favorite of the marvel movies don't ask me that i just did <laughs> <laughs> i can't you know don't i just don't I don't know. I love them all. I mean, I'm the first one at the theater when these movies come out. And whether mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, Marvel, whether it's, you know, any of those. Okay. But He's, let's be honest. Ant-Man and Doctor Strange were just okay. Yeah. Doctor Strange is, is probably the lowest on the list. Yeah. Uh, for sure. For so sure. for, so for me, I have a very strongly held belief that Thor Ragnarok is the mm-hmm. perfect movie for bisexual and pansexual people. <laughs> because they're all so beautiful how can i not be happy 
looking at Tessa Thompson and mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. And why is his name Chris? What's his name? What's his last name? Why am I blanking? Helmsworth. Helmsworth. Chris Helmsworth. He is Hemsworth. most beautiful of the men in the MCU. And Idris sure. Elba. Idris Elba. See, two gorgeous people. That's true. That's true. Each but other. you get all of them in all the Avenger movies too. I mean, it's true. Although there's a lot of eye candy through all of that. All of those. It's true. Except, I like I hate the one that Joss Whedon directed so much. Which one was that? Why can't I think of it? Um, the one where like Hulk and Black Widow become love interests, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And Black Widow is talking about how she's a monster now because she can't conceive. It's just like, it's garbage. It's not good. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Neil is going to be editing this podcast. I don't know if people know this, but my husband actually edits the podcast because he's amazing in many ways, including that one. Uh, But he's going to be editing this and he's going to be like, oh my God, you're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) This is what it's called. (laughs) I love... I just, I love action movies, you know, because Mm. I I fight with ADD and I need, I need a lot of things coming Mm. at me, so to speak, you know, on the screen. I I love action movies. It's, it keeps my interest, you know, anything else I'll put the time. I'll write while I'm watching something. If you can keep going with WandaVision, it Mm. will be worth it because I feel like it's been out for long enough and this isn't going to be that much of a, it's not really going to be a spoiler, but it it is a fantastic study of grief and what grief can do to a person. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Cause like the very first episode is very campy, very, you know, I love Lucy type, you know, feel to it. So I know they're doing a decades thing. I know they're kind of like advancing. And it gets slightly but, darker with each one where you're like, wait, but it's supposed to be a sitcom. Yeah. What is that okay. about? And then you start to figure out what that's about. So, okay. yes, All it's right. worth it. Um, in terms of gaming, because I'm sure everybody is dying to know what's going on with my Switch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm bouncing between a bunch of games and most of them are not queer. So I'm bouncing between like Tales of Vesperia, Diablo 3, Dicey Dungeons, um, which is fine. <laughs> but... Dungeon. I know, I know. It sounds ridiculous, but it's actually like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but I am back on my bullshit with Hades. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Neil started playing it again, and then I found out it's like, oh yeah, okay. So I beat Hades ten times. I got the epilogue, but there's so much more story left to go. And so I started playing it again. And guess what? Uh, tell us what is his name i was this would have been much better if i could have grabbed the main character's name immediately out of my head but here we are doesn't it start with an l or something no it's zagreus so zagreus <laughs> has a boyfriend now Ooh. his boyfriend is thanatos it's very very cute um <laughs> and actually the other thing that i love about this game i haven't done it yet but um mm-hmm. i know other people who have and Zagreus can have mo- multiple romantic partners, so I love that polyamory is a totally valid option in this tr- in this game. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah, you can have your boyfriend Thanatos, and then you can have your two girlfriends, um, yes. Megara and Medusa, which is short for Medusa. I think that's really cute. Oh, that's cute. And I like it. One more thing, which mm-hmm. it, I think if I would have waited until the next time we recorded, would a hundred percent be a full on recommendation. And frankly, maybe that is going to happen. So, mm-hmm. but I am going to do a rude thing and talk about a book that is not out yet, but it is coming out this month. So please don't be too <laughs> mad at me if you're listening to this and you're like, but I want to read it now. Rude. You're very rude, bitch. <laughs> rude. <laughs> I am reading a book that is coming out later this month from Karina Press, and it is called Knit Pearl, A Baby and a Girl by Hetty Bell. And Pearl is spelled the knitting way, unless it's a crocheting thing, in which case it's the crocheting way. I don't know. I don't knit or crochet. I didn't even know that was like a thing. I yeah. was like, oh, look, they, I thought it was a name. Not even no. gonna lie. I thought it was a name. That's fair. And first of all, I just want to say, hey, this is an Alberta author, which I think is amazing. I live mm. in Alberta. There are not that many authors writing FF romances out of here. I think it's nice. Petty Bell and then Jen Alexander, who publishes with Bywater yeah. Books. So. Mm-hmm. I know, Jen. Uh, love to give extra support to my local authors, even though they live in the other city. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And so the premise is that, so it's all in the first person following a character as she finds out that she's pregnant. Mm. She had a hookup with an ex and she's going to Planned Parenthood and thinking she's probably going to get an abortion. She's six Mm. weeks along. This takes place in New York City, but goes to Planned Parenthood and talks to the counselor who... I just, I love this whole part of the story because the counselor is so non-judgmental. And even when the character is like, well, what would you do? And she's like, I can't, I can't tell you that, but just lays out all the options and every single option is valid. And they're all seen as valid by the character too. And so I just, I love that recognition that abortion is a part of healthcare. It is fine Mm -hmm. to choose that or to choose not to. It's really up to the individual. And so, and she's only, I think she's only 21. She's a college dropout who's working at a dental clinic as a receptionist and is very clear that she doesn't have her shit together, but realizes that actually, no, she wants to go through with the pregnancy and then keep the baby. Her family treats her like a fuck up all the time, but this is a thing that she's going to do. Mm -hmm. And when she's at Planned Parenthood, Two things, two other things happen. The first is that she really kind of connects with and appreciates the escort who walks her, you know, up to the doors because it's a place Mm -hmm. where there are protesters um, who are saying some pretty vile things and have the usual garbage signs. And Mm -hmm. she also sees a notice up on like a, you know, those like notice boards where people can pin Right, like guitar lessons. Yeah, exactly. So there's one for a stitch and bitch group. And (laughs) so she said, she kind of has this conversation with herself. I've always wanted to learn how to knit. Maybe now's the time and I can knit a bunch of stuff for my baby. So it's ready when the baby gets there. And she goes to her first group session. And lo and behold, the clinic escort is there. Oh, la la. And... They they have a conversation just to each of them to make sure like are you cool with are you cool with this given how we first met and they're both cool with it and they're obviously very attracted to each other. Um, the girl who's pregnant, I'm not saying her name because I can't remember what it is and it's gonna take me too long to look it up. <laughs> okay. um, I did tell you I cannot remember character names even when I'm literally yeah. reading the book. <laughs> um, but also she's fat and I love that. So it has like awesome fat rep, awesome like pro-choice rep the chemistry between them is really good their banter is adorable and so yeah i am loving it and i'm telling people like put it on your notice i am hoping oh my god i'm crossing my fingers that the author sticks the landing on this one um (laughs) because it's just so good i am loving it good so chris it is time for official recommendation (laughs) what is your official recommendation this week? I actually have two. And so after the last podcast, you know, it was all about music. Like it all pumped mm-hmm. me up. It got me going. So I found a movie with a really good cast called Bex. And it's a, this, it's a struggling musician whose girlfriend kind of rises to fame and leaves her behind with nothing. Mm-hmm. So she has to go move back home and live with her mom. And her name is Rebecca, but she goes by Bex. So that's that's where the title comes from. Sure. And like the cast is amazing. It's like I saw the cast. And I'm like, how do I not know about this movie? Mm-hmm. And so Lena Hall, uh, uh, Christine Lottie, and uh, I can never pronounce her name right, but it's Mina Savari. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Look at the cast. Yeah, it's like that's a good cast. cast. And so, like, I recommend this for the awesome music. It has great music in this. For sure, I love the music. Wait, what um, happens when she goes home, though? So she goes home and she moves in with her mom. Okay. And so her mom is very, she's also very churchy, very religious. She used to be a nun. Like, the mom oh. used to be a nun. Oh. Like, dropped out of the nunnery to mm-hmm. marry um, Beck's dad and have kids. She has a brother. And she has a sister too. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't, I, I can't remember if the father dies because of alcoholism or 
he's not in the picture anymore. Yeah. And there's an issue with alcoholism. So yeah. there are some triggers in this movie for sure. But anyway, so it's kind of her figuring thing. I mean, she like hit rock bottom. Like she lost her girlfriend. She lost her place in New York. Yeah. Like she just was like rock bottom. Yeah. And living out of her car. So she goes home. She goes back to, to you know, this bar, you know, because everybody knows her in town because it was a small, smallish town. Mm-hmm. And so the bully, the town bully, uh, has married this beautiful woman. And so she starts a guitar lessons with the bully's wife. Oh, so there's some more triggers in this book or in this mm-hmm. movie. But I recommend it, like I said, because the music was so good and great sex scenes. Uh, if you're into women like with acoustic guitars and you also like strap on scenes, sex <laughs> scenes, then I recommend this movie. I wasn't uh-huh. super fond of the ending, but at the same time, it's, you know, does the rest of it make up for the ending? I think so. I mean, because I love music that much that I just love this, you know, alone just for the music, you know. And, and um, so happy. I need people to watch this movie and then come back to me and we'll talk about the ending because I need to I need to have conversations. I need to have words about this ending. Is it happy? Put it this way. I wasn't happy. <laughs> Does so. anyone die? Nobody dies. No. Okay. Nobody dies. Nobody See, dies. my brilliant idea that i am too lazy to execute is that i <laughs> want do you know the website does the dog die where you can look up whether dogs die no, in movies before really? you watch them yeah yeah because some people don't want to see more marley right. or right. old okay. yeller never or anymore. no right no so i want one that's like or- <laughs> does the lesbian die or yes. does the queer woman die like and i want to know do they die? Do they yes. get institutionalized? Right. Do they get, like, is there some kind of a punishment, I guess, mm-hmm. for the queerness? But I don't want to watch all those movies to find out the answers. Right. Right. <laughs> I think this is, this, this movie is more of a thought provoking mm-hmm. ending. Mm-hmm. It's one of those where you, you can, you understand it, but then you don't. And you're just kind of pissed and you're not pissed at the same time. So, like, mm-hmm. I feels and I need to get it out. So, I need people to come at me. All right. I need, I need to talk about this. So so that's one recommendation. And then the second one, so because I watched all these really movies that like had me all over the place, mm-hmm. I, I really needed a movie to kind of ground me and, and, and make me happy. So yeah. I needed happy ending. I need good acting and humor. And I found it in a movie called Almost Love. Ooh, what's that about? So uh, here is the synopsis of it. Does every relationship have an expiration date? Adam and Marklin are about to find out. Their five-year relationship has gone from a passionate flame to a medium burn, forcing them to reconcile with each other's shortcomings, all the while watching their support network crumble around them. Best friend Cammie's latest beau checks all of her boxes. If you don't count that he actually lives in a box, that is the funny part. Um, (laughs) Haley's student is more interested in studying her than for the SATs. And Elizabeth and Damon, the stable ones, are on the brink of a divorce after 15 years of so-called bliss. But in this mess, hope springs eternal as they are all hilariously muddle their way through to try to make life work. And for sure, I mean, it is it is a fluffy, light movie. And the acting is very smooth. You know, you see a lot of LGBT movies that are uh, maybe the they don't have the right or the amount of um, money to to support a project, and so I think sometimes the cinematography fails because it's yeah. not they don't have what they need. And this one was great. And like if you're a Grey's Anatomy fan, Kate Walsh plays Elizabeth in this, and she's one of the uh, she's um, Elizabeth is one that's in the marriage, the 15 year mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. Um, but my favorite character for sure was Cammy. She's played by Michelle Buteau, I think that's how you pronounce it. And she was in Always Be My Maybe that we discussed a couple of oh, uh, podcasts yeah. ago. She's the uh the lesbian, uh the pregnant lesbian. Oh yeah, she was fantastic in that. She is just as fantastic in this movie. And oh, really? she really to me, she stole the show because she's dating a homeless guy and she doesn't know that he's homeless. And he's trying, and so she finds out, like, he, he starts taking advantage of her. Like, she, she says, it's okay. Do you can come stay on my couch? And she doesn't tell her friends. And like, the whole thing is just, I loved it. It's, it's hilarious. It's so good. 
And it gets to show you that there are just so many relationships going on around the people around you and in your life mm-hmm. and that you don't even know about, or you do, but it's just like, like I can know somebody so well, but there's so much of them I don't know. And yeah. so this is kind of a fun movie. And I, and I really, you know, if, if you want a lighthearted you know, romance with happy endings all the way around, then for sure, this is your movie. Okay. That sounds great. Where did you find that one? So most of the movies I find are on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. So I'm going to guess that this was a Netflix one. Okay. I think I might look for that one. Cause that's, yeah, like a I lot think of you'll fun. really like it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So hmm. good. Okay. So Tara, what is your big recommendation for us this week? So my big recommendation is a book that I just finished within the last week. It is by a debut author and it is called Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers. Um, if you've been hanging around on book Twitter, you've probably been seeing a lot about this and for good reason. So I'm going to start with a blurb. Yeah, do tell us. With her newly completed PhD in astronomy in hand, 28 year old Grace Porter goes on a girl's trip to Vegas to celebrate. She's a straight A, work through the summer, certified high achiever. She is not the kind of person who goes to Vegas and gets drunkenly married to a woman (laughs) whose name she doesn't know until she does exactly that. Nice. (laughs) This one moment of departure from her stern ex-military father's plans for her life has Grace wondering why she doesn't feel more fulfilled from completing her degree. Staggering under the weight of her parents' expectations, and that's singular parent which is actually important for the story because her mother is incredibly supportive of her no matter what she does so staggering under the weight of her parents expectations a struggling job market and feelings of burnout grace flees her home in portland for a summer in new york with the wife she barely knows in new york she's able to ignore all the constant questions about her future plans and falls hard for her creative and beautiful wife yuki yamamoto but when reality comes crashing in Grace must face what she's been running from all along, the fears that make us human, the family scars that need to heal, and the longing for connection, especially when navigating the messiness of adulthood. Ooh, that does sound good. It was so good. I have a friend who actually stopped reading it very, very early, and I kind of know why, because it has a prologue that is written in the second person. Oh, wow. Which, for people don't wow. who don't know, when you're reading it, it means it says things like, like, it basically means that you are the character. Yeah. And so it's like, you wake up in Las Vegas, you find a note. And it's, it's a weird tense. And so mm-hmm. I get why people don't like it. But like, just press past that prologue, because it's not very long. <laughs> um, <laughs> it. Oh my god, it's so worth it. And so the first thing that I want to say is that this is not a romance and that's a hundred percent okay and actually i kind of love that about it but there is a very very strong romantic element to it and the love there is really deep and beautiful but don't expect this to follow the typical trajectory of a romance novel because what it actually is this is about grace and her coming of age and what i kind of love Mm -hmm. about it is that you know, we're used to coming of age stories being about teenagers or college students, but that's Mm -hmm. not always how it happens. Sometimes it takes being an adult, like 28, like she's been a legal adult for a really long time. But you know, like I said, when I was telling my own story of how I came to WLW fiction, sometimes you don't Mm -hmm. learn crucial things about yourself until you're in your thirties or beyond. It's an incredibly inclusive book. Grace is biracial. Her father is black. Her mother is white. Yuki is Asian. Yuki has a roommate that is a trans man who is oh, wow. Native American. I hope that's the right way we say that in the United States. I apologize if I'm wrong. In Canada, Native we American? talk about yeah. In in Canada, we talk about First Nations people. Um, huh. I don't. No, you're right. Okay. Cool. Hooray! Um, and, <laughs> Native American, yes. <laughs> yeah, there there are a lot of people of color in this book between their friends, their family, and all of this. And, you know, they, both Yuki and Grace have such strong found family in their friends and their roommates. Mm. And I know that that's something, you know, so many queer people need that. They do. Because their family <laughs> just can't be there and be the right people and that even if you still have your family in your life 
you can't necessarily be authentic with them. And Mm -hmm. that was definitely a big thing, especially for Grace. She couldn't be fully authentic with her father, but thank goodness she had her best friends that could do that for her. So just really, really lovely. The One of the other things I loved about it too is that mental illness is a big theme. You know, Grace, mm. Grace goes through serious burnout in this book in a way that I definitely recognized having been through burnout before. I will drop a content warning though for self-harm. Mm. Grace mm-hmm. has a tendency, especially when she's very, very stressed um, and anxious and like when her overwhelmed, um, she'll scratch her skin until she draws blood. And so if that's um, a problem for you, you might want to give a pass on this book or try to kind of skim past those moments. But you know, I loved seeing her friends stop her in those moments mm-hmm. when they're there and just to say, Grace, you're hurting yourself, like you need to stop. Mm-hmm. And although this maybe is a touch spoilery, I don't know. I don't think it's that spoilery. But one of the things I really love is that she goes for therapy. We see her go for therapy and dealing with her problems, which I think is something that we don't necessarily see as often as it might be helpful for readers to see in these books. Now, is she honest with her therapist? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, she is. And actually, the thing that I especially love about the fact that she goes for therapy is that we see her go through multiple therapists because the first few don't work. They're not a good fit. And that idea of you don't have to accept a therapist who's a bad match for you. And you don't have to give up if the first one you try is a bad match either. Like you, you can go to multiple therapists until you find the one that you click with, who understands who you are as a person and who can help you on your journey. Like it really is a a relationship. So I thought that was very good. And and just the last thing that I want to call out is that the writing is so fucking good how is this a debut <laughs> i don't understand i'm so jealous <laughs> I'm jealous as a writer oh i'm totally God. jealous about this <laughs> huh. and as a reader i want to read it so i know you are more prone to showing up with quotes than me but this time i showed up with quotes Woo! because this book is worth quoting i have no idea how many highlights i made in this book but the answer will no matter what be too many like i highlighted so much it started to become irrelevant (laughs) yeah Um, so i chose one the first quote that i chose is just to showcase that to me sometimes the writing is just hilarious like i love how she brings the characters to life and gives them so much personality can be quite funny And so this bit is near the beginning when Grace is visiting her father and her stepmom, and it's a conversation between her and her stepmom. So Grace says, oh no, Grace is, wait, where am I reading? Nope, that's right. Sorry, going back and forth. So Grace says to her stepmom, you know, you could always come live with me. I am Dr. Porter now. I'm a catch. Sharon rolls her eyes. Is that a no? It's also a hell no, she says, humor twisting her lips, unless you start making the same money he makes. <laughs> Grace shrieks, the laugh carrying through the echoes of the big home. She and Sharon fall into each other, laugh speaking out into little cackles. After almost 10 years, she says, you finally outed yourself as a gold digger. Oh, honey, she gently fluffs Grace's curls. That was never a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just think is so good. And the other quote that I chose is to highlight just how exquisite the writing is sometimes. I can't think of any other way to put it. It's just so beautifully done. Mm -hmm. And so Yuki has a radio show. And Grace knows this because when she wakes up the morning after they've gotten married, there's a little business card for her. And it doesn't have Yuki's name and phone number, but it's a business card for her radio show. And so she finds it online and she listens to it. And her show is all about monsters. Like it's her telling stories about various monsters through kind of like mythology and history and whatever. Mm, Okay. But she closes her, when Grace is listening to it, this is the closing of one of the shows that Grace is listening to. We are all lonely creatures in our own way, Yuki admits. That's where I'll end tonight. I have one last thing. If you've been following along, you guys will know I'm hoping there is someone out there that's listening. 
Someone who glows like bee honey and has golden hair that spreads out when she's sleeping like a halo. Someone who shares a key with me, perhaps a key to the messy, ridiculous core of me, but me nonetheless. Grace's breath hitches. Yuki is talking to her. She is the bee honey. She reaches a hand to the key under her shirt. Grace is talking about Grace to Grace. Lonely creature to lonely creature. If you're out there, honey girl, I am singing you a song. It's a good song. It won't lure you to the depths of the ocean. It's a song that leads you just to me. I think, if you're listening. This has been Are You There? And I am Yuki. Sleep tight, everyone. Wow. How beautiful is that? Very. It's so, so good. And yet not a romance. Not a romance, no. Because it is about grace. It is about Grace's journey. It is about her going from being this overachiever who has pushed her out into burn, pushed herself into burnout, who is learning that she might be the most qualified astronomer, but she won't necessarily get hired because Mm. she's black and having to reconcile with all that because she's always pushed for the best. Why should she settle for jobs that are not the best? And how does she reset her expectations so that she can have a life that makes her happy? That is for her. That is not for her father. But the, but the love story between her and Yuki is so, it's breathtakingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Unlike the other book I talked about that I'm reading, this one is out everywhere. So definitely go. <laughs> And pick it up and then come talk to me. If you love it as much as I love it, oh my God, please, please, please reach out and let me know because I want to find other people that love this book as much as I do. And I think that's a good place to end it. That is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, if you've enjoyed the show, please, please, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really like it and you're on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could leave a review. Reviews and ratings help other uh, listeners discover new shows. Yay, like ours. And if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Queerly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.